Christian Murnowski. I think Ruby Rose would just tag me as California Mule. I wonder that. I, I don't either, but we'll talk about Ruby Rose in a minute. Uh, and with some XXX or Triple X taglines, Kelly Wand. Kind of light on O's. Aw, that's sweet. Aww, that's cute. <laughs> that's a really cute little tagline. Uh, it's like that's a Vin Diesel movie. Ah, uh, good. All right. You're getting warmed up, Kelly Wan. I feel a great one coming. One of the X's probably stands for Xander. <laughs> I feel like that's not the one you're going to leave us with, though. It's a good one, but I feel like you got a, another one in the chamber. Some of the scenes have fighting in them. <laughs> that is the chamber. Okay. <laughs> that was the chamber. Kind of light on O's. <laughs> no, you can't go around and recycle bullets, Kelly Wand. Bullets are one-shot thick. <laughs> oh, really? Literally. Then what do you? You can just take the casing and put gunpowder back into it, can't you? That's Only nice. if you watch the last season of Walking Dead, in which case you would know the significance of that. But nope, you gave up on Walking Dead because you don't know any better. They should make a gun that fires knives. <laughs> it's hey, called. What were you a, say? It's called an oh. arm. I guess a bullet's like a knife. It's just not sharp. That's enough of ballistics talk. Let's get to this movie by Dingus. You, wait, no. <laughs> That's yeah. the arm. X, X versus Sever. The trigger of the arm is the finger. Oh, remind me. Let me make a note. This, their X versus Sever is relevant to what we're going to talk about today. Hold on. X. Oh, uh, that fucking movie again. Said, no, don't call it that. Come on. That's my name for it. <laughs> Dingus, tell the listeners what we did see this One's week. Lucy Lou. Without She's spoiling. Oh, how dare you, Kelly Wand. She's the one who's not Bay Ling. That's Her all name you. is Connor. <laughs> Dingus, give us the basics without spoiling the plot, because we don't want that to be ruined for anyone, of Triple X, the Return of Xander Cage. All right. This week we saw XXX, Return of Xander Cage, released as XXX, reactivated in some countries. Hmm. So it was also called really? reactivated, yeah. Reactivated. Yep. I mean, that makes sense when you think about that's what you call whether or not an agent is active in the field. Mm-hmm. So it's also called reactivated. That, by the way, would be way too intellectual for an American audience. I can understand why they didn't want to use that in the States. Right. You can, it already you, is. You can do resurrection after mechanic, but you can't do reactivated after triple <laughs> X. Uh, this is a 2017 American action adventure thriller sequel movie uh-huh. about recruiting soccer players and stealing feeds from soccer games. Oh, that's it, what happened. That scene. <laughs> it was directed by DJ Caruso. Uh, my favorite DJ. <laughs> what about See, Qualls? Uh, what about Qualls, Kelly Wand? Oh, right. What about Jazzy I Jeff? Like Jazzy Jeff, yeah, yeah. Your favorite yeah. DJ. That's just Kelly Wand. That was just really ill, poorly thought out. I like them all the same, though, I should point out. Uh, all- it was also written by F. Scott Frazier. <laughs> <laughs> My name favorite come- F. Scott. 
Is it just the Fitzgerald connection, or do we know that name from something else, Dingus? Uh, I don't know it from anyone. Okay. It's just F. Scott Fraser. Uh, based on characters created by Rich Wilkies. Or Wilkes. Uh, it I stars. You could see Fitzgerald doing this. Yeah, because his relationship with women's complicated. Um, <laughs> but not Gatsby. I can't see him writing that movie. It stars Vin Diesel, uh, Donnie Yen, mm. uh, Deepika Papadou. Oh gosh! Deepika, go ahead. Deepika Padukone, uh, Ruby Rose. What? Hold on, hold on, back up, because I was wondering. How, try. I want to try it. Say it again. I said Deepika Padukone. Deepika Padukone. Yeah. Oh, okay, I did it. Sweet. All right. Yeah, it means it's, no, it's good. It's musical. means no worries. Uh, when I, when I see the name, I'm just like, there's no way I can pronounce that. But when I hear you do it, Dingus, I'm like, oh, maybe I could have said that. Okay. Her name's No Worries in Indian. Yeah. Deepika Padakon. No Worries. No Worries. Okay. Ruby just, Rose. Just Sorry. Nina Dobrev, which both of our <laughs> listeners who wrote in had to mention. Nina Dobrev. Why? Well, we'll find out. Yeah, we will. Uh, Rory McCann. Yeah. yeah. Rory McCann. How about that beard? What's up with that? I did not know who that was for a while. And then I did not it... either. It took me a long time. I'm like, I know that guy's brow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and Tony Collette. Uh, what? <laughs> she ruined Lost. It was going so well till she showed up. As a cave woman. He did it again. He did it again. He confused. Now, I'm okay with this on a what? certain level, Kelly Wand, because the older I get, the hotter I find these two women. But there Wait a is minute. no He way. said it, he, he wasn't again. in Lost? He's confusing Tony Collette and Alice and Janney again. And oh, I adore Lord. both women. And like I said, uh, I'm yeah. sexually attractive the older I get. And I'm not ashamed of that. I embrace that. But I do not confuse them with each other. Tony Collette was not on Lost. Alice and Janney was on Lost. Now, I would love to see the two of them in a movie together, like a blue is the warmest color kind of thing. I would totally be into that. But, Kelly Wan, keep them separate, please. They're like Eisenberg and Sarah to me, and Roby and Emma Stone. No, they're nothing alike. Well, now I know that. I could see Wendy Malick and uh, Alice and Janney, maybe, but no. Tony Collette and Alice and Janney? And to actually be fair, like if you've seen Tony Collette do, like I, I mentioned previous on one of the earlier podcasts, she was in a movie last year called Glasslands, which wasn't very good. It was a Junkies is Tedious movie with a couple of really good leads. But Tony Collette in that is amazing. Like you watch that movie, and even if you're not into it, you see her giving like 130% to this performance, and it's just riveting. As much as I admire Alice and Janney, I can't see her doing that kind of thing. Like when Tony Collette digs deep, it's just amazing work, and I don't see how you can confuse that with the silliness that was that episode of Lost. Ugh. I get Odenkirk and Patrick Wilson mixed up, too. But look at... What? Bob <laughs> Odenkirk. Look at Allison Janney and Margaret, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right, right. That's the thing. Anna Paquin didn't look at her in time. That movie. <laughs> 
At any rate, Dingus, anyway. what rating is uh, – yeah, should children go see Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage? Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to ask Dingus this, too. No. Triple uh, X, Return of Xander Cage is rated PG-13 for extended sequences of gunplay and violent action and for sexual <laughs> – I'm sorry. <laughs> Please stop laughing at the word sexual, Dingus. You're 36. I just laugh when I God. think about that sex scene. And for sexual material and language. So sexual material and language are also part of the PG-13 rating. The sexual material, is that a reference to what his coat was made of? <laughs> uh, Very good, Tom. Spoiler. I like that. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, XXX, the return Oh, Kelly Wander, I'm sorry, right. The NBA, a lot of times, they'll leave out things. Now, I can't think of anything personally. Kelly Wand, could you maybe think of something they left out that should be in that ratings information box? Oh, I saw the German dubbed version, so my ratings are based on that version. So I might have seen a different film. But I noticed some German. Yeah, we didn't see any of that. Dingus, did you recall any some See, German? there's a difference. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, not since uh, the first one with Ramstein in it. I also ticked boxes next to the words funeral. A blonde woman in charge of the United States. And thematic <laughs> elements. <laughs> I'm seeing thematic oh, elements a lot of these lately. It's yeah. kind of painful to hear you say that, actually. Hollywood needs to wake up. I would, I would definitely take Tony Collette's character over Donald Trump. I'm just saying. Thematic elements. I would take, what? In what yeah. capacity? As being in charge of the United States. Right. Or another blonde woman. I get Trump mixed up with uh, the Caruso who was on NYPD Blue. <laughs> Sunglasses I, on. Or was I, I, it Cop Rock? Which one was it? Well, I'll tell you what one thing is, Kelly Wand. Yes. On Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Uh -huh. Uh, Roger Tomatoes has Triple uh, X Return of Xander Cage at 42% positive reviews. Now, you might think that that's a number, but let me give you another number. Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, has Triple X Return of Xander Cage at 42. Mm. Oh, the answer to everything. Yeah. Yeah. What's the question? What's the question? Yeah. What love idiots, is? Idiots to love – well, they, they really, really like Triple X Return of Xander Cage. It's at A- minus on CinemaScore. <laughs> they cheered that. A minus. Yes. Uh, Xander X's Xander Cage's return, however, was only the second place movie on its opening weekend. It got its ass kicked by M Night Shyamalan's Split, which huh. actually set records. It made a crazy forty million dollars in its opening weekend. Uh, uh, return of Xander Cage only made twenty million. Wait, so it can't get it number three. It's like the fifth largest opening in January or something like that. Yeah, God, it's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Uh, M. Night Shyamalan, after The Visit, because The Visit cost a nickel to make, and it, so it, it made a lot of money. But after The Visit and after Split, I think we're going to see an M. Night Shyamalan resurgence. And that's the oh. title I would – or reactivation. Reactivated, yeah. Or resurrection, or even just the return of M. Night Shyamalan. I think that's, that's imminent. Or a final chapter. We'll see, won't we? Spoiler. Kelly Wan, speaking of things that we will see, boy, when I saw this movie, the whole time I was like, man, I can't wait to hear Kelly Wan yeah. synopsize the events that are going on here. So, Kelly Wan, give us a synopsis of Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, by starting with uh, with what it would be called. Mm. 
triple Xs, the return of Zansis Cage Sis. <laughs> Already I'm on board. Yep. Warning. The following is based on a version I saw dubbed into German stone without a translator. Occasional plot details may be alternative facts. <laughs> some words on some pipes tell us that Vin Diesel's in the movie, while music also tells us. <laughs> A, sh- a shot of the Earth surrounded by a solid ring of floating CG establishes that this is set during the distant future. I look over at the German frat boy sitting beside me and go, that's the only era I'm interested in. He makes some bizarre shushing noise in German. One of the satellites loses interest and catches fire as it drops towards the Earth. Meanwhile, Samuel Jackson leaves acting in his hair and goes to meet a 14-year-old hacky sack enthusiast at a Chinese restaurant... That has a liquor store inside it. <laughs> he looks at us and goes, hold on, I don't have my wrath yet. He puts some on a plate, then goes, these burn marks on my face are probably from something non-satellite related that happened in one of the other Triple X movies or Kingsman. <laughs> 14-year-old's all, was I in that? Sam Jackson stares at him aghast. Some meat slowly dribbles off his chopsticks down onto his scrotum. The kid's all, oh, I don't think you're using those right. Or the chopsticks. Speaking of which, 15 years ago, I recruited a secret agent whose superpower was using swimming pools as half pipes to skateboard around in. Although what we really hired him to do was start an avalanche and then <laughs> ski away from it. <laughs> Suddenly, a guy comes through the front door of the restaurant brandishing a shotgun, sticks it in the cashier's face, and goes, Nobody move! Give me all your chopsticks and rice! The hacky sack kid grins, stands up, and starts hacky sacking a crumpled napkin around on his shoes while the gunman stares at him. The gunman's all, Hey, wait a second. That's moving. The kid drop kicks the napkin into the gunman's forehead, killing him instantly. Sam Jackson, who's somehow standing by the gunman now, grabs the shotgun away and goes, Ooh. Now it's my turn to rob this place. <laughs> Suddenly, the satellite crashes on top of him, and since it's also a bomb, explodes, destroying the entire block and visibly incinerating Sam Jackson. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a jungle made out of cliffs, Vin Diesel hooks a cable to a metal tower. <laughs> Gives some guys with machine guns a few feet below him two thumbs up, then falls 200 feet through thick trees, lands on vertical solid rock, then skateboards down through the city streets and people's houses, leaving a swath of traffic accidents and explosions as the ancient locals all cheer him on. One old man driving a truck of chickens off a road. <laughs> it gets harder, too. Fuck. That's what she said. One old man driving a truck of chickens off a cliff, Saul. He's like Al Paul Walker. Finally, Vin reaches a small bamboo hut on a beach, which makes his skateboard stop. He takes out a TV remote and goes, I just pirated a soccer game for all of you. He clicks out a TV above the bar. All the bar patrons cheer. Then their team loses, so they all scowl at Vin for twisting the knife. A Latina comes up to him and goes, That was really sexy what you did with that remote just now. I love you. Please never leave me. Never leave me. I hate that stupid skateboard, by the way. They start to kiss, but Vin falls asleep. 
The next morning, he goes through her purse, appropriates all money and birth control items, then leaves his skateboard in her sink with a post-it on it that says, Lesson 4, Don't Fall for Idiots. He tiptoes out and skateboards to a motorcycle. <laughs> she wakes up, smiles over the fact that he's gone, gets on the skateboard, rides it a couple feet, and breaks both her legs. Meanwhile, in the organization Triple X is HQ's conference room. Tony Collette's got blonde hair. She stands up, faces a table full of extras in suits, and goes, Thank you for coming to my conference table. Good news. We've invented this rearview mirror here that can make satellites in space crash into Samuel Jackson. <laughs> now, what if he wants to make the rest of the car? One guy raises his hand. The other guys are all... <laughs> Suddenly, the blind Asian archer from Rogue One smashes through the 80th story window, dances around on the table, and goes, Did someone say conference table? (laughs) No, no, no. Donnie Yen. (laughs) I look over at the German frat boy beside me and whisper, Yeah, that Asian actor there was named after my new president. He and his blonde friend and some other guys dance around shooting all the guys in suits while they sit looking bewildered, but not Tony Collette since she's off screen. The archers all, that's white. I killed Samuel Jackson. I find his speech impediment reprehensible. <laughs> he and his blonde friend steal the rearview mirror, then go downstairs where the blonde friend tricks a motorcyclist. Meanwhile, Vin Diesel sits in the middle of a crowded town square somewhere smirking. Suddenly, a guy sits next to him, puts a duffel bag beside him, and goes, Please don't look inside this for another 58 seconds, 57. He walks off. Vin opens the bag and sighs at the time bomb inside. He stands up, pulls out an assault rifle, and begins shooting people in the crowd. Well, he rocks around in a circle, checking his bare wrist. <laughs> After the 12th screaming pedestrian goes down, Tony Collette sighs and stands up from the other side of the same bench they were both sitting at. (laughs) She's all, that took forever. Come on, let's go somewhere religious and discuss exposition while all my guards stand here. Finn's all, same old Collette. He hurls the gun at some kid and they walk off screen towards the nearest church. After a couple seconds, the bomb in the back explodes, killing everyone in the square. In church, Tony Collette's all, people think they want you back, Ben. Spectre was fucking retarded. Plus, it's been like 12 years since the Ice Cube one. Wonder how many times Dingus saw that. Beside me, Dingus stands up and goes, twice! <laughs> Ben's all. I don't got friends. I got fam. I mean, uh, okay. I guess that is a choice to make. Wait, Ice Cube? He's not extreme sports. Does he even play D&D? They blow up the church, then reconvene in the cargo bay of Tony Collette's helicarrier to talk some more. Collette's all. Okay, uh, Xander? <laughs> Lols. There's your nerdy assistant, <laughs> Nina Dobrev. She's on a couple teen vampire shows. Very CW. We have her wearing glasses in this. Nina Dobrev giggles and goes, my brain's like a kumquat. She walks around trying to bump into things. Then she points at a keyboard and goes, hey, what's this do? No, seriously. She screams and passes out. Colette gestures to a team of extras in body armor standing on top of a cargo bay door and goes, (laughs) 
And here's your crack team of special forces veterans, all very highly trained intelligence operatives. Since beside you, they're the only ones with the necessary security clearance. I tied them with strings to these crates. <laughs> then yawns and hits a switch, opening the cargo bay door. So all the screaming men in crates get sucked out and plummet to their deaths. He shuts it, checking his wrist again. Colette's all, damn it, Diesel. You have any idea what those crates cost? Benzol, I wasn't finished. Two words, I work alone, which is why we're bringing in my personal team of interesting-looking sidekicks, <laughs> like in my other franchises. <laughs> we cut to a white girl with purple hair at Lion Country Safari. She shoots a sniper rifle at a lion and misses, hitting and killing <laughs> tourists, pretending to be Indians. Some loud words are all, code name, purple-haired sniper female. While Tony Collette's eyes writes all this down on a clipboard. <laughs> Vin's all. We'll also need some eye candy. We cut to a guy with a beard who puts in a dental guard, starts up a Prius, and drives it through a bunch of brick walls and people till he hits an ATM. He spits the mouth guard out and looks down at his broken nose and arm and missing ear with satisfaction. Then he gets out and sings in Russian while money from the ATM rains down on him. Unfortunately, he forgets to drive away, so the cops come and help him pick up the money and escort him home. <laughs> Some loud words are all bearded character, parentheses, Russian, question mark. Colette still writing is all, phew, good thing all that ATM money's covered by our defense budget. Finn's all, we'll also need another character. We cut to another Asian guy whose superpower is that he's a DJ. He plays records in slow motion. Some loud words are all codenamed Gary. Tony Collette holds up a pair of metal gauntlets and goes, Also, we made a pair of these, but they only fit the fists of one guy who's of questionable loyalty. Awesome against walls, though. Servo motor's pretty loud. <laughs> Dana Dobrev in glasses walks up and goes, Hey, guys, look what I can do. She pushes the red button. The cargo bay door opens again, sucking her out, screaming. Bins all. Look, Colette, I may be extreme, but the most exciting sport of all to me is the rule of law. I don't blow up an eighth guy's luau without a search warrant from the Queen of France. He puts on a fur coat and flies to London where he thinks the Queen of France lives. <laughs> We cut to Buckingham Palace and watch an actress named Hermione Corfield swim around in slow motion, then emerge dripping in a bikini in slow motion. Then she walks around breathing in slow motion. My dick shouts up at the projectionist booth, still too fast. <laughs> he shouts back something dumb in German about das language barrier, whatever, Ivan. The queen slips into a bathrobe while Vin Diesel swaggers around in his fur coat, trying not to step on the hem. <laughs> He's all, most of this fur's mine, by the way. That's why I'm bald. Everywhere. She's all, when the first movie came out, I wasn't even born yet. She holds up a blank sheet of paper. Here's your warrant, but you'll have to earn it first by having sex. Ben makes his usual expression. She's all, with me five and a half slaves. 
She snaps her fingers and a throng of girls in thongs walk on screen and begin fawning on Diesel and giggly whispers. We dissolve to the bedroom later where the girls still all have their lingerie on and are fast asleep. And he's still wearing the coat and painting his Warhammer miniatures. So I guess it didn't go well. (laughs) Satisfied. The next day, Diesel goes to Donnie Yen's luau in Pasadena. To alert the villains of his presence, he starts walking through a dancing crowd, grinning at nothing. (laughs) Suddenly, he guesses which girl is Donnie Yen's Indian girlfriend or sister and starts dancing with her. (laughs) He's undercover. Up in a tree, the girl with purple hair is all... Um, guys, I'm having trouble with me bed sheets up here. Anybody bring scissors? Also, Vin, the blonde Asian guy is coming your way with a huge knife in his hand that no one else in the crowd seems to give a shit about. It's like that uh, parade at the end of Black Hat. Over. Vin's all, holy shit, I don't want to get hurt. Gary, start playing better music so people know to start getting between me and the blonde guy while they dance. I'll come up on stage there so I'm more plainly visible. Beside him, Donnie N's Indian girlfriend, sisters all. Um, are you talking to that girl up in that tree over there, tangled up in the sheets? <laughs> also, that thing in your hand is an earpiece, I think. It goes in your ears there. <laughs> but you scared me. I thought your boob felt like a blonde Asian's knife. I'm Dominic Tourette. I mean the uh, <laughs> bitch. Uh, I mean uh, Ice Cube. No, uh, Cage. I mean Cage. I'm Luke Cage. No, Xander, Xander Cage with three X's. And then an E? Come sit at this table with us. She leads him to a table with Donnie Yen sitting at it. He's all, well, well, if it isn't the first of the two triple X's. <laughs> Jesus. Not Bay Lick. <laughs> and therefore not racist <laughs> my baldest friend and dearest wife he takes out a grenade triggers it and rolls it at Vin Vin tricks him by picking it up which keeps grenades from going off he's all He's a genius and extreme. <laughs> He's all, when someone offers me something to kill me with, I always bring another thing for them to kill me with. He takes out a second grenade that looks exactly the same and slides it across to the Indian girl. Then he slides the other one over to her also, hurting her fingers. Dottie Yen's all, it appears, Mr. Diesel, you are the one who has fallen into my trap. He fumblingly activates a third grenade and rolls it over to the girl. She's all, ow. Then's <laughs> all, let's make things a little interesting. He upends a sack, spilling out a dozen more grenades on the table, his earpiece, and some 20-sided dice. <laughs> He's all, roll for disinterest. <laughs> From the earpiece, the purple-haired girl's all, guys, these sheets, I can't breathe. Suddenly, a bunch of guys in helicopters show up, rappel down cables, and start killing each other with machine guns. For some reason, one of them's on a motorcycle. <laughs> the blonde Asian all.
think they would have learned by that point. <laughs> they bring a motorcycle. <laughs> the blonde Asians all. Don't worry, guys. I'm our established uh, motorcyclist countermeasure. But Finn's all, nope, my movie. He buys the motorcycle <laughs> off his occupant. <laughs> he buys the motorcycle off its occupant, then uses its back wheel to go around punching some of the gunmen in the face, and the grooves in it to hold a pen so he can sign his bar tab. Donnie Yenzal, it seems based on everything that just happened that we may be allies, Mr. Diesel. But not yet. He walks off screen to Detroit. <laughs> They're getting there. Getting there. A couple sparks. The Indian girlfriend walks up to Diesel and goes, I am on your side now. I sense great chemistry between you and yourself. She shows him her arm. Look, I have a lion tattoo. He's all, that looks like garbage. Check mine out. He shows her one of a cat puking on his navel. Eventually, they run out of things to say to each other. Behind them, the Russian ATM enthusiast drives into a wall and explodes. Then all the grenades on the table go off, killing hundreds. <laughs> Tony Collette on the helicarriers all. Now to get my intel from my usual source, she turns on the TV. A newscaster's all. And in extreme news, a guy we've never seen before is using a bunch of TV screens in Detroit. Colette turns off the TV and stares at Vin. He turns and stares at us. Dingus stands up, pumps his fist, and stares at it. A word's all Detroit. Vin uses various forms of extreme transportation to eventually get to Detroit, then finds a freeway ramp and jumps off it onto the roof of an 18-wheeler truck passing by below. The driver sticks his head out his window and yells back at Diesel, Hey man, loved you on the poster for A Man Apart, where you look tired and you're holding your head. Suddenly Vin's nipple rings. He picks it up. Hello? Tony Collette's all. Donnie Yen's fighting you. Vin turns around. Donnie Yen's all. That's white, and this time we'll fight without grenades. They try to fight but somehow miss each other and wind up fighting in the middle of traffic. In an approaching minivan, a kid's all, Look mom, it's Vin Diesel. His mom scowls and floors it. Then tricks the accelerating cars by walking across them. <laughs> For some reason, one car breaks. <laughs> Dottie M. La <laughs> it breaks before hitting Dottie M. He laughs at its driver for being soft-hearted. Then he and Vin giggle and chase each other up into a building where the guy we've never seen before with a bunch of TV monitors sighs and pulls a gun on them. <laughs> Vin's all, damn. Guess we should have entered more quietly. Vin! Now that we're about to die, I've decided that I like you, and I'm on your side. <laughs> Don't worry, I have a girl with purple hair and a sniper rifle right behind that window across the street. Now I just need to surreptitiously make the live long and prosper side. <laughs> <laughs> Like so. Without this jerk off noticing or hearing me. The guy with the guns all. Wait, why is her hair a bright color if she's a snipe? A bullet takes him in the off screen head. The girl with purple hair runs in with her rifle giggling. Don't worry, I shot Finn Diesel's finger off. She sees Diesel with that right guy. Oops, fuck. <laughs> 
suddenly a door opens and Tony Collette walks in as a bunch of extras with rifles rappled down. She's all, good work, Diesel. Some cop snap cuffs. <laughs> some cop snap cuffs on Donnie Ed. Some cop snap cuffs on Donnie Ed. <laughs> He's all. Irony regards every simple truth as a challenge. Colette's all. That's a good point. Bring them up to the hell at Triple X cop plane. Ten minutes later, they all stand in the cargo bay of the plane. As Ben hands her the rearview mirror, he's all, like the deal says, I expect a full pardon for the pacifier. Tony Collette's all. By the way, I'm a traitor. She starts shooting people while the gunmen rappel down again and start shooting each other. Donnie Yen's all. It looks like this time that the Metaquarian Tony Collette shoots him. An extra puts on the metal gauntlets and starts chasing a smirking Vin around some filing cabinets while Vin makes skis out of the fax machines and swoops around the walls in bullet time, flipping us off. <laughs> Nina Dobrev looks into the camera, goes, come quat, picks up a couple guns and jar jars a bunch of gunmen to death. DJ's all, I got this, turns his hat backwards and starts playing records. The Indian girl and the girl with purple hair stand back to back with their arms out, a pistol in each hand, and look back and forth. Then, while the gunmen watch impatiently, they both turn around so they're facing each other, boob to boob, and extend their arms in the opposite directions. They look back and forth again a bunch of times without firing their guns. The head gunman's all, they're both looking both ways, what do we do? Suddenly, Ice Cube walks on screen, raises a rocket launcher, and blows up a couple of parked cars. He sneers down and goes, Happy Inauguration Day, motherfuckers. He walks off. The angry man with the gauntlets pulls his metal fist back, smirks, and waits for Vin to do something to him. Vin winks at us, then flexes his arms as hard as he can and goes, The guy surrenders and shakes his fist. Tony Collette opens the cargo bay door again, walks till her foot's in the middle of a loop of cable, tightens it around her ankle, and goes, Now to explain the plot. Donnie Yenzel, By the way, I'm not shot! And yanks a nearby lever to the setting labeled for dragging Collette only, no exceptions. <laughs> Collette screams, forgets to use her gun, and eventually jumps out of the plane. Donnie Yenzel, looks like I give this triple X extreme misadventure a C minus. Vin sets the plane to explode, jumps out as it becomes a fireball, looks around as he falls through the sky, finds a parachute floating nearby tied to some crates, probably the same crates as earlier, and uses it to land in a smoking crater with the crates on top of him in the middle of a busy city street, mysteriously free of pedestrians. Ice Cube drives up. He gets out and goes, Thought while I was driving that your parachute might land here. <laughs> he and Vin man-hug, then man-kiss brusquely. Nina Dobrev, Donnie Yen, the girl with purple hair, the DJ, the blonde guy, the Indian girl, and the motorcycle all walk on screen. <laughs> Nina Dobrev's all, we got out of the plane also. Vin shakes his head affectionately at the crates. We cut to a bunch of people in a church singing Oh Happy Day to celebrate the death of Sam Jackson. 
In the third row, surrounded by singing black people, aboard Donnie Yen's all, this song makes me glad I blew him up. We pan up to the low seats in the balcony, then sitting up there by himself because he hates people. <laughs> Suddenly, Jackson, wearing a coat, walks up and sits beside him. He looks down at all the singing people and goes, man, this funeral the best 60000 I ever spent. <laughs> Finn's all, I forget if our characters are friends. Jackson's all, fortunately, the only people who died in that satellite explosion were the stopkeepers and 600 pedestrians. Nearby, the hacky sack guy grins, then yawns. The Indian girl walks up to him and kisses his head. <laughs> She's all, what do you do now that you have saved the world from satellites? He winks at us and goes, family, extreme. Some credits tell me which geologic forces built the cliffs that then skated down. The end. Oh, <clears throat> that was a good times. Pretty Thank long. You. Oh, Kelly Watt, no. no. Epic. Perfect line. Yeah, yeah good lord. I mean, I saw it in German, but I think I followed it pretty closely. Like, I didn't feel lost ever. Pretty so. much all you did was just describe what you saw on screen, and that's all yeah. you had to do. There you go. Okay. So. And I think I'm, my German's getting way better, because I'm pretty sure, you know, I know what Queen of France means now in German. <laughs> Who wants to go first and do an under over for Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage? Um, well, I just bracketed it with movies about someone named X. So my over was The Man with X-Ray Eyes, and then my under was X3, the one Sansa Man made. with X-Ray that, – isn't that a Ray Milland thing? Yeah. Wow. He can see too much, and then he claws yeah. his eyes out. And then yeah, like say, he goes, I can still see. I would guess I – I, I have no idea if this is true, but that sounds like something that you would find out. Hey, Richard Matheson wrote that. Uh, no. Okay. Somebody your, did. What did you say your under was? Oh, X-Men 3. Oh, X-Men 3, The Last Stand. Yeah. It's clearly not as good as this, you're saying, right? Yeah. But my, yeah, you know, this movie's hard to bracket. Okay. Dingus, did you have a hard time bracketing this? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> uh, I put Kingsman, The Secret Service, over it. Um, yeah, and I put yeah. the man from UNCLE under it. Uh, oh, I, I kind of missed that movie. Because I... I That's the good the candor. Well, I think this movie is a horrible movie. I, <laughs> I kind of love it as a, as a riff on being a terrible, overblown, we're trying to make fun of a James Bond movie, but we're not quite good enough to do that movie. Um... So I would put that I would put it between uh, Kingsman and Uncle for that reason. Well, yeah, it's a very it's specific type of Bond thing because he's a, an extreme sports version of Bond. Like he's not smarter and he's not wittier and he's not handsomer, but he's like cooler, I guess. No, he's it's, not. It's he's a, not any of those things. Uh, but there there were times in this movie where I thought, all right, I think this movie knows what it's trying to go for uh, and I just had such a great time watching it that I can't I can't just hate it outright I mean I can't uh, it's weird seeing that they're definitely trying to fill this this niche uh, like it, it, it seems kind of demographically engineered to be 
uh, James Bond for a kind of tatted out extreme sports generation. Yeah, for, right. uh, and and that's an odd play. Like it, you know, the Fast and Furious movies. I think they accidentally hit on. Uh, like basically Latino urban car culture and just kind of struck it. And rich they're with fucking. That. Uh, they fast and free, yeah, but and and I think it was like an accidental cultural appeal. And they were like, whoa, these people really like that. These people, listen to me, good lord, whoa, whoa this movie has a real appeal to a, a a demographic that is eager for movies that appeal to them, right? Like it, there's there's an outlet for this. There's a demand. There's a very definite demand for it. So. I think that this is a movie that is trying to fit that same demand that maybe back when uh, Catherine Bigelow did um, – oh, shoot. What's the extreme sports Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze thing? Oh, uh, uh, I Point just break. Like, Point, Point break. break. Right, 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 right. I think Bigelow. there's this idea that, hey, we can do uh, like a, a spy you know, – because Point Break is kind of uh, a buddy cop movie for extreme sports surfer dudes uh and i think this is the same kind of thing let's do a james bond movie for tatted out triple x skateboarders and i'm not sure there's a demand for that but it is it's it's kind of endearing to to there's something very endearing about it so i would over and under this because i i like vin diesel i don't think vin diesel is anywhere near as cool as he thinks he is and i'm okay with that i'm okay with Looking at Vin Diesel as a big dope who works out a lot but is still a nerd, and he's like one of us who made it big. And he's he, – I, I don't think he's the badass guy he thinks he is, and he certainly doesn't have the appeal of The Rock. But it's kind of endearing to see him try and to see people try to fit him into movies and to see him kind of allowing himself to be fit into different places. He doesn't seem like he's a difficult guy to work with. Like you tell him to do something, and he'll do it. That's like, what The Rock says. Rock called him a candy ass on Furious Eight set. Which uh, I fair enough, but I, I don't. Well, you know what? He could. I remember when uh, someone surreptitiously snapped a picture of him with his gut out, and he got super like hurt at that. And uh, so he probably does have a, a little bit of vanity to him, but it doesn't come across. Like, he just comes across as a mm. nice, likable dope. In the first he movie, kind of feels like a big dopey dog. I mean, and the, right there's there's yeah, a, there's he, a there's this eager to please dog-like quality to him. In the first movie, where he was cast as a as an older brother in the first Fast and Furious, I think that really gets to his character. He's just like the dopey Chet character in an yeah, action remember, movie. Remember in Expendables two at the beginning, there was that battering ram at the beginning that said "knock knock" on it. Uh-huh. Vin reminds me of that thing, character-wise <laughs> and shape-wise. And I, he is too pleased with himself. That's the thing that kind of bugs me. Like, I prefer Tom Cruise's constantly annoyed, long-suffering Mission Impossible character. Like, that to me is more fun to watch. And Vin's a little too – he's kind of a Mary Sue in these movies. But it's definitely what uh, – it's – yeah, he's a, he's a nerd who became a muscle-bound uh, – sort of B-list movie star, and he's Mary suing his way through a lucrative film career. Absolutely, Kelly Wand. Which is so, a little, yeah. So my over and under are basically uh, uh, movies that make use of Vin Diesel. And my over is, uh, I, I think, a movie that's that's better. And I'm, a, I'm actually bracketing this in terms of movies that I enjoy, because I enjoyed this. Man, I had a great time. It's a terrible movie, but I had a great time. Yep. I'd be one of those idiots who gave it an A minus on Cinema Score easily. Um, and that's why I, when I dismiss Cinema Score, when I describe Cinema Score as whether idiots like it, I don't mean that dismissively because whether idiots like a movie or not has nothing to do with whether a movie is good or whether I'll like right. it. I love right. movies. Sometimes idiots are right. Exactly right. Um, so my over is uh, the the last Riddick movie where. 
they they accidentally like with David Tuvi Tuvi I don't know how you say his name with that guy they accidentally put him in a really cool interesting science fiction survival movie before it became an ensemble action thing and one of the really cool things that I like about what Vin Diesel lets happen to his career is you know Kelly Wand you made that funny joke about the motorcycle bit where the blonde guy was established the uh, Tony Jaw was established as having the motorcycle skills but Vin Diesel like nope my movie now that's really funny that is what that kind of felt like but to Vin Diesel's credit his movies that I like are ensemble efforts. I don't get yeah, this like 80s yeah. action star vibe where he wants it to all be about him. There's a Mary Sue quality to it, but there's also a generosity to it. And you see that in Riddick with you know how he defers to how cool Katie Sackhoff was in that. Yeah. And how there's a bunch of interesting characters, and it's the second half of Riddick. Like Riddick isn't a vanity project. It is like he's the centerpiece of the survival bit, but it becomes an ensemble action movie. And I, I love too that that's what he has done with the Fast and Furious movies. They're ensemble things. They're not Vin Diesel vehicles. Uh, so my over would be the last Riddick movie, and the under would be the last Fast and Furious movie. I liked this. I enjoyed this better than the last Fast and Furious movie. Ooh, um, I didn't because that you got. I liked that ensemble more and. I think the thing that Vin, that about Vin that I think I wish he would do more is just be more vulnerable because he's, he's an invulnerable right. hero. Right, and that, that's what he's – that's the Mary Sue part, and that's the kind of stuff he's going to do. I mean he's not – I don't think he's interested, Kelly Wan, in fleshing out characters. I don't think so either, but I think he could be an interesting character. If sure, sure. Like, and, and I can imagine like maybe later in his career he'll, he'll do like a Keanu Reeves, and he'll hit on more interesting stuff. But at this point, no. He's just going to be the muscle-bound, invulnerable hero, and he's going to let himself be surrounded by an ensemble of, of – what I feel are interesting characters when they work. Uh, and that's one of the reasons, by the way, I liked this more than The Last Fast and Furious. The Last Fast and the Furious felt really limited by fan service and wanting to um, like pay homage to the previous movies. And you know, the loss of Paul Walker was kind of a pall over it. Um, oh, good Lord. I didn't even mean wow. that to sound that way. Wow. But, uh, um. but, but this movie has this kind of fresh start to it where they can do whatever the heck they want. I assumed watching it that that British chick was in the previous movie because I think that's what you're supposed to think. It's oh, you know, we're supposed to know her. So I went and looked up on on uh, IMDb. Poorfield. She's not in. Like Dingus, back me up. She's on this. in. The, you watch, you watch the a, other movies. She's not in either of the other ones, is she? That British chick? You mean Nina Dobrev? No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, cornfield chick. Her, her name is Ainsley. The the Poorfield. chick he goes to see in Britain. Oh no, no, you're right. And it, it seems like. She is that like it, it's it, like I watched it and thought, oh, well, this is something I would obviously understand if I remembered the original triple X. But it's not. And that's that's the case. Like this movie does no fan service. It's just making the stuff up out of whole cloth. I think the jacket might have been from the first movie. Well, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of. I mean, the jacket and the GTO, I mean, they're not they're not very well reproduced. Unfortunately, I mean the the GTO shows up and they're like, man, it's just like it wasn't. No, it's not. It doesn't look like the other one looked. It has other features to it. It doesn't look like it looked in the first movie at all. Um, so like I, the think they, too. I think they try to reproduce those things, but I don't think they really tried that hard. Well, yeah, that's exactly the thing. Thing is, I don't think they care, and that's one of the no. reasons that I preferred this to Fast and Furious, where right. I think they cared a little bit too much, and they expected the audience to care. I don't go to a Fast and Furious because I'm worried about the character development over the course of different movies. I go to see fun people having chase scenes, 
And, and I think this you're movie right of, did that without any baggage. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think you're right yeah. about who they're trying to target. And that's what the the second movie, the State of the Union, which is the first time I'd, I'd seen that movie, was this week. Um, it, it is really trying to t- target a black market. That's that's all it's trying to do. Uh, just as those, uh, just as the Fast and Furious movies were trying to target the, that particular market as well. That State of the Union was trying to target a black market to bring them over to the to these triple X movies. I think it fails utterly. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. I crash a boat on the freeway. Uh, it's it's directed by Lee Tamahori. Yeah, yeah. And it just looks horrible. The special effects are terrible. And Willem Dafoe has never been worse as a villain. Um, and Ice Cube is horrible in it. It's a horrible, horrible movie. So uh, watching this was actually quite refreshing. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I, I, had a bla- I had a blast watching this movie. I, I think yeah. it's terrible. And, you know, our two listeners who wrote in think it's terrible. But really hated it. Uh, I didn't hate it. I actually really had a great time watching this movie. I was giggling the whole time. I'm not afraid to use the word giggling, by the way. I was, I was, I was giving a manly chortle at various times. Yeah, I actually was too, just to be clear. Like I'm, I'm just like, I'm like, that's my issue with Vin Diesel as a concept, but as a movie, I really thought this was a, a funny, it was a, it was a really good dumb movie. And when it, when like it turns that. out that whole opening sequence of action, not opening, but his opening action sequence is just to steal cable, just to steal a cable box in order to let them watch soccer. I think that's hilarious. I think yeah, that's a that's great a, thing. And and the and the, and the uh, the motorcycle chase across the waves. I mean, I think that's I think that's deliberate, <laughs> deliberately silly, and I love that about this movie. I know. So I do. Yeah. Like, I do wonder where and who – like, how closely did they step on that line between, okay, now we're going to just make it a goof? Or did someone really think, you know what would be cool if a motorcycle had skis on it? Like, I wonder – I do – like, I, I think you're right, Dingus. I mean, there's definitely a sense of self-awareness there. But I wonder if there were people who really thought – didn't think of that as a comedy bit because that's yeah. how that works. It looks ridiculous when they're – what's it called when you're, like, cruising the pipe or what is it called when you're when you're surfing – and you're going, and the waves overlap over you. Uh, there's a word for that. It's a surfer term. No, it's surfing. There you go. But anyway, that shot with the wave overlapping the two motorcycles, like how is that not you, – surely you Well, they really that. did it. What are you talking about? They really did it. I read afterwards that they had like people really – they had stunt people do that. Do what? <laughs> they they got they put skis on motorcycles and rode under the waves. No, oh, that's no. beautiful. No, wait, wait. First of all, first of all, no, Kelly. Mo- how does a, a motor the, the the physics of that? And I can I can break out numbers to explain. A motorcycle this can't go underwater and then still run. Kelly Wan, do you know a thing called surface tension? <laughs> it's not a real motorcycle. <laughs> they, they took all the parts out that aren't waterproof. But well, I don't right. They could do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, uh, but but the thing is that's so utterly ridiculous. It's so endearingly ridiculous. And yeah. Dickus and I, when we saw the movie, uh, and I don't know if other people. I mean, there were we saw it early one morning. There were maybe eight, six other people in the audience. I don't know if anybody else was laughing. But Dingus and I were just. It was hilarious to us, and we couldn't catch our breath while that was happening. Um, it was such an inadvertently joyous moment, and I think some people thought, "Hey, this is really cool." Some people might have thought, "Hey, it's really funny." 
I don't know what the intent was behind it, but it was absolutely flat out, oh my god, I love this, hilarious. Yeah. And I haven't seen it before. It's something funny I haven't seen before in a movie. So well, I you guess. Really haven't seen it before, Kelly One, is it's ridiculous. I know. It's like a movie like Top Secret, which is trying yeah. to be like jokey thing no movie would do this like mm. so here, here's how i would assess this movie there there's a uh I, I do think that that a lot of people involved in it really do think hey we're a cool awesome action franchise and we're gonna have some jokey bits and we're gonna play it light but this is serious uh hardcore action and when when uh i think it's sam jackson assesses at the very end we've talked before about is there one line that really sums up a movie and clearly they think the one line that sums up the movie is sam jackson's bit at the end about save the world get the girl and look dope doing it like that's what this movie thinks it's doing and it's doing it like a light-hearted way but i think the line that sums up this movie uh is does a dog understand a frisbee because this <laughs> right. movie is so it has the endearing quality of a dog who doesn't have the embarrassment to know when it looks silly. Right. Uh, you know, a dog chasing its tail or, or or bumping into a tree chasing a frisbee. Yeah. And that's very endearing. And I, I there's something very lovable. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the movie thinks that it's save the world, get the girl, and look dope. I mean, that kind of obliviousness about its own identity is part of what's endearing about it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it still takes some – I mean, you have to be kind of imaginative to come up with these sequences, like skiing down jungle cliffs. Like that's – you know, someone had to go, hey, wait, what if they did this? Without snow, too, because the whole time I was like, I don't think that – like that doesn't seem very good for skis. Like, I, no, what that's, not, that's, that's, that's not how not, skiing works, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is I don't ski, but I don't think that's how skiing works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's what's good about that. I like that juxtaposition of retardations in collision. <laughs> juxtaposition <laughs> of retardations in collision. It's just well. not like. But I still t I still put Fast and Furious. I watched like like four Fast and Furious movies last week. Like right after I saw this, so maybe I was a little saturated with with Diesel and with that kind of stuff and like. Uh, but seven to me was funnier than this movie. Like I'd probably put it above it. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's but, certainly more emotional for me. That's what yeah, I'm but it's it, yeah. That's the thing is it has that too. But even its action sequences are like as ridiculous as anything. Like driving through multiple skyscrapers in Abu Oh, very good. Yeah, there's stuff like that. Um, well, for me, the, I don't know if there's a, a first moment for either of you that uh, I felt like, okay, that, that's what this movie is going for. But when Samuel Jackson is killed in the uh, Chinese restaurant liquor store thing, it seemed like a total quote of Deep Blue Sea to me. Because he's about to say something really meaningful in a, in a loud voice, and he just gets blowed up. Yeah. And it just seemed like... Oh, they set it up. Yeah, they set it up, but it felt like that it felt like a little bit of like, we're giving you a deep blue sailing. Well, the thing is, I will say movies love to kill Sam Jackson. You know, the Captain yeah. America one where he died, uh, the other guys, which is him He's and the rock. Really the, the whole joke is that, uh, right, right. But I mean, that's sort of the joke is that Samuel Jackson's a, an indestructible badass. So yeah. movies love to kill uh -oh. him. Like, and, and yeah. Actually, Chris Markinson, who, who is one of our listeners who actually absolutely hated this movie and says this, um, <laughs> Enough with Samuel L. Jackson being in movies where he pretends to be dead. Yeah. Uh, which is yeah. Which, which is what happened in State of the Union as well. 
I mean, mm. he doesn't. He doesn't what? pretend to be serious. He, That's he hilarious. Actually, so they do the same fake eyes in it. What'd you say? He fake dies in that one too. Yeah, but he he fake dies because the bad guy like uh, fakes his death and captures him, and That's so he's he's, he's accidentally faking to be dead. <laughs> he's really good at faking his death. Yeah, he's so, good at going. Satellite's gonna come down. I know. So Chris Markinson is, is done with that that whole thing of him who else to be dead. Who else wrote in and hated it, Dingus? Uh, Chris Webb. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote this whole thing that really should be put on as a as a monologue. Uh, but uh, basically, both of both Chris Webb. I mean, actually, Chris Webb actually said it. He was reminded of Team America. That and he was wondering, <laughs> was it ever intentionally trying to be a parody right. movie? He doesn't right. think so. Um, but it's sort well, of I don't think it's trying to be a parody. Way. Like Team America is clearly a parody. Right. Uh, I don't think this is trying to be a parody. Um, and that gets into like the little te- the the nitpicky semantics of like what's a parody, what's a satire. What, but but I, I definitely agree with them. It's not trying to be a parody. But is it funny or annoying to you? And that's a matter of taste. And right. To me, exactly. It was funny. Exactly. Like, and not all these movies are. Um, I mean, but, it really does take a certain willingness to, and I don't. I don't want to say – I can completely understand someone sitting with their arms folded and just th- thinking this is dumb. I resent wasting the time. It's like full but throttle. It, it do, it's like what? Full throttle? Ooh, careful. Really? Yeah. Charlie's Angels full Tom's a huge yeah. Charlie's Angels fan. See, I, the, the problem there, Kelly Wan, is I think that McGee has a, a real sense of like polish. And even if you don't like him, I can understand <laughs> that. I don't, I don't think there's a I'm lot of – about the tone. Here. Oh, the tone. Well, yeah. Well, right, right, right. Like, I, I don't. I, full throttle, though. I think McGee knows it's a comedy, and I really yeah. am not sure that DJ Caruso knows that it's hilarious that motorcycles are used as surfboards. Right. Um, and 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 the uh, the Trey Stone and Matt Parker doing Team America, they clearly are parodying certain things. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm with Webb, and I don't think it's a parody. I don't think people are thinking, "Hey, we're gonna like Dingus every now and then." Well, all of us. We'll see things that don't work, and we'll talk about how that might be intentionally subversive. Right. And I don't think that's really – I don't think this movie is quite that smart. Uh, I do want to – oh, go ahead. Well, just like I think of worse action movies than this where they would have lingered on a lot of shots, like slow motion through the waves. Like if they'd really done it, they would want to make sure that you know – like I mean, I mean movies used to be way slower paced than they are now. Mm-hmm. Um. But it did, this movie didn't seem to linger on anything too long. Like, it was all just kind of like bubblegum. Uh, well, I mean, and that also, uh, Kelly Wan, that really does get to how movies are made these days, is they're assuming, right. and probably correctly, that their target audience was going to have a short attention span, uh, and they're not going to want any artsy slow-mo stuff. Like, I, right. I loved the time they took out to do uh, the two women doing the John Woo stuff. Like, that that was Oh, I love that too. I just wish they would have kissed at the end instead of her kissing. Oh yeah. I mean, they oh, seemed right, like they had right. so much more chemistry. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't get any understanding of why she kissed him at the end. I'm like, why are you why, why are you guys kissing? She's clearly interested in in Ruby Rose. I mean, th- those two people are interested in each other. What does this doofus have to do with either of them? It really was thing. It's like that's how in an early iteration, like they were just doing that because someone wrote the script that way, and nobody really realized that. Well, it's not re- you know watching these two actresses together and watching them with Vin Diesel, uh, the sort of the magnetism is going in a whole different polarity 
Uh, like They're the script clearly kind of... flirting with each other for the whole yeah, movie, yeah. and then yeah. she has to kiss him at the end. Why does she have to kiss him? I felt I felt horrible for her. No, no, I'm I'm with you there, Dingus. But I do wonder, like that, just really did seem obligatory and rote. Yeah. Why would they do that? It just didn't fit. It was like oh, studio good notes. Exactly, Kelly Wand. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say one of the things that uh, one of the reasons I really did like this movie uh, more than stuff like Fast and Furious. I think this is a huge breakout role, and I don't know that really you can use that word in a movie that doesn't do well critically or commercially, but if there's if there's a breakout role in this, that Ruby Rose woman was was fantastic. Yeah, and I am really psyched. She reminded me, Dingus, see if you go with me on this, because you and I both like this actress. She reminds me, I would characterize Ruby Rose as a high-octane Clea Duvall. Yeah. Uh, well done. I, yeah, well done. I loved watching her. I'm super psyched that she's in the next Resident Evil. She's in the next John oh. Wick movie, uh, the the Step Up uh, series. Uh, <laughs> she's in. The, Kelly Wan, quit laughing. Uh, 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 the 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 Step Up series director, the per, the woman who did the last Step Up. She's doing the next Pitch Perfect, and Ruby Rose is the new addition in that in Pitch Perfect three. Uh, so I watching this, I was super excited at how cool she was, and I'm I'm glad she's. Uh, got some traction to get yeah, into other too. stuff. I was also happy with how Rory McCann uh, translates to the big screen because he he worked for me. Yeah, so you guys should – well, I, I hesitate to say anyone should see this because it does have Ben Mendelsohn and Michael Fassbender as, as the main characters, uh, and it's got a really cool Rory McCann performance – um, but it's unfortunately a Cody Smith McPhee movie. Mm. Uh, there's there's a western called Slow West, uh, which if Cody Smith McPhee hadn't been in the lead would have been really cool. And and uh, Rory Rory McCann has a great part in it. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm with you, Dingus. It's really cool seeing that guy on the big screen. Does he get to use? I mean, because he he shows a sense of humor here, and I really, I mean, I really loved him. I really loved him in this. Yeah, Slow West is not a funny movie. He, uh, yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> so no, he does not. Um, um, did you I guys might... see any like cribbing or um, similarities between this and Suicide Squad? Because <laughs> for me, I was constantly seeing Suicide Squad. In this movie. Uh, well, as far as both being dopey action movies, sure, but I can't yeah, imagine either of them. I can't imagine either of them was aware of the other production. Yeah, uh, probably so not. not that, that whole like character card thing that would happen, like your your favorite movie is one uh, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that thing was totally Suicide Squad, and then of course, uh, you know, cobbling together, I'm going to get my own team of misfits um, rather than we're going to get all the heroes that you would normally get. I was getting real Suicide Squad thing. So, Dingus, yeah, I can see that, but uh, that goes back, I would say, to Dirty Dozen. This whole idea of right. screw, screw the regular soldiers, we're we're getting the the misfits together, and probably even predates that somewhere. But I think that's a Dirty Dozen thing. Here's my theory on that whole title card deal. Uh, I'm guessing, and this might be too far fetched. I'm guessing that might come from like fighting games, where you would have a character and there would be a, a screen that would show the name and and the characters. These are really silly. Show like the character's blood type and what the character likes to eat and where he or she is from and uh, like that. That was this like backstory they would do in fighting games for the different characters. They did it in Creed too. In the, the the whole like coming on screen with a name, but right, but but where does that come from? That you establish a character and then you show a little bio. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't staff. know. Yeah. Yeah, you show their stats. Like I don't know. Maybe it 
you do tie that to sports things. I don't know, but but yeah, Dingus, that definitely. No, games. Yeah. It, is it games? Okay, it might be. I think yeah. so. Because you were looking at a screen. Well, that's what I think of. Is that yeah? Like I just remember how ridiculous is it that when you play like Mortal Kombat, the manual lists everybody's blood type. Like well, everybody has a page where it has stuff like how much they weigh and their their blood type. Uh, yeah. Because you're gonna see the blood and you want to know what you're looking at. Exactly. What flavor is that? And can I use it for a yeah. transfusion? That pixel's obviously O negative. <laughs> uh, I also really like, and I love this. I I I just love the internationalness of the cast. I love this idea. Let's take someone from Bollywood. Let's take someone to appeal to Chinese cinema. Let's take this uh, this this Thai. This you know Tony Jaa is from the Ong Bak movies, and he's a big deal in Thai action movies. Let's take this guy. Uh, I, I I really I kind of like that. I mean, a lot of it is. Donnie Yen, obviously, like I have a hard time seeing him without thinking, oh, they're pandering to China. Like that's sort of after Rogue One like that. But but I think I'm kind of warming up to Donnie Yen, I have to say. I liked him in this. And he has an interesting arc, considering. I was thinking like, wait, why are they giving us so much time with the villains? Now I'm going to start liking them because they're kind of colorful and fun and not that right. different from his friends. Kelly Wan, now even I, now I'm, I consider myself uh, – one of the dumbest guys when it comes to anticipating what a movie's going to do. But even I knew that they were going to get together and that Tony Collette was going to be the bad guy. Well, I was trying to learn German while I watched. <laughs> <laughs> and also all the women in this. I mean, I really loved all the women in this. I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, again, both of our listeners loved Nina Dobrev. Did you guys like her? I kept thinking, you know, did we, did someone send Demi Moore back in time? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, like she was uh, super energetic and bubbly, and uh, yeah, I did like her, Dingus. Like, yeah, why do you ask? Do you have no, I, I liked her too. I really, liked yeah, her. yeah. I mean, super I, I easy. I kind of wished that we had more of her, to be honest. I mean, she kind of felt like I don't know a Gilmore Girls kind of character, but I, I really liked her a lot. It, it was a very nice change of pace from the "Ooh, look how tough we are" that everyone else was trying to do, uh, mm-hmm. or "Look how badass and whimsical I am." This whole, yeah, like I'm a nerd and I don't like guns. That was that was really cute, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, also, uh, this is something that Chris Markinson kind of agrees with me on. Um, have you ever had a moment where you thought Vin Diesel convincingly kissed a woman or had a sex? No, scene? no, <laughs> not even not even Michelle Rodriguez. That's a really good question, Dingus, because even like. With Katie Sackhoff, like how hot she was. They did that awesome hot scene where they're – I think they're repelling or something, and they're face-to-face. And uh, I remember all the hotness was like entirely Katie Sackhoff. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I, I would have to go through uh, a bunch of Vin Diesel performances, but that's an interesting point. He's never yeah. sensuous. So uh, Chris Markinson equates him with this weird sort of um, god – like he's like the coolest god ever. And so Chris says, the coolest god ever to have a sex scene that managed to be as awkward as Jason Statham's sex scene from The Mechanic Resurrection. <laughs> well, does he oh, mean yeah. the – oh, oh, I get – is it the kissing the super hot chick early on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, because that's – wow. Is that Jessica yeah. Alba or is that – no, no, it's the woman in the uh, – up on the um, – on the restaurant. They used to jump off of. Is that when? Is that when? When that happens? Oh no, I don't. I, I was talking about the the chicken uh, in um, uh, in the movie we just saw in Triple oh. X, the super oh, high yeah. Latina chick. When he has that sex scene with her, I guess that's what he means by awkward. Is 
that whole thing just seems so engineered and yeah. staged. And here's this super yeah. high model, and Vin Diesel has to sort of roll around with her, and it just looks really engineered. Yeah. 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 Kelly Wan, tell us real quick, because you've mentioned it before. What's that bit about Vin Diesel playing D&D on, in videos? Describe this oh. for us, because I find it hilarious. I, well, I find it unwatchable I find it hilarious in that it's unwatchable. Yeah, D&D Soul. It's like he's playing with a few friends, but they're all and – and the guy's like reading behind a, a dungeon's master screen, and they go in and kill a witch or something. Right. Because he's always – I guess he his he has his catchphrase where he says he plays a human cleric always. And, uh, now, my problem with that, Kelly Wand, is that uh, – it's it's not enough Vin Diesel. Like I would really like to see Vin Diesel playing, but he surrounds himself. He's playing with other people who are clearly like improv people and voice actors, and they're just really on the whole time, like they're performing. Yeah. And Vin Diesel isn't quite up to that level of energy, so he gets <laughs> upstaged by these people, and I just – I find them so grating. I really want to watch this nerdy, muscle-bound, B-list celebrity who I Those find very nerds. endearing – Playing D and don't want to watch his friends performing uh, Dungeons and Dragons for a, a YouTube video. Um, well, he's just whirling dice too. He's not making any decisions. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Like at least it's, the video I saw. Yeah. Yeah, the, the one I watched is it, it just wasn't enough of him. I just I want to watch him play D and want to watch the guy ask him, okay, Vin, what do you say to the tavern keeper? <laughs> and have Vin Diesel have to explain, you know, what his character says. And uh, his character seems overpowered too. Like he has a really – like all the other guys he's traveling with are just henchmen and they have normal weapons. He just get hit every time, but he has like double swords. Kelly Wan, like, are you saying that even when Vin Diesel plays D&D, it's a Mary Sue kind of thing? I'm saying if there's core on the field. I don't know what that means. Oh, no. We're not going to a three-by-three, three, so you don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Uh, no, I, I think he, wear, he wears the coat when he plays in his head, the fur coat. I also don't know who I, – I guess it's a soccer player. Or we're supposed to know who that kid was that Samuel Jackson was talking to. Like that's – that probably went over really well in like South American markets, right? Like that was probably some famous soccer player, right? You think? And that's all his whole role? I thought he was just a new recruit. Well, he was credited as himself. Really? Oh, he's someone famous? Don't you think, Dingus? Yeah, yeah. He's a famous soccer player. I just don't know – he seemed pretty th- pretty like you're welcome. Here I am. But he I'm can't the- act and he can't barely talk, and <laughs> it it's clear that that's what they're going for. But I think that's kind of part of the joke. But his name is Neymar. And I do think that's another demographic appeal thing. Is you know the, the, oh, the right. I think they're Neymar. wanting to make a movie overseas. So in 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 South America, I mean in places where soccer is big, which I think is everywhere but but America, uh, that guy might. Carry some weight? Uh, I don't know. So on the marquee, down there they go, Neymar in triple X. Sorry, in Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they like slow Believe motion. Me, that, that makes a difference to people who love soccer. I mean, it does. You, you know, my kid's a soccer player, uh, and he knows several soccer players, and he doesn't watch soccer. But his friends constantly talk about these these soccer heroes. These people are – these players, these these soccer players are huge heroes to them. So it, it does make surprise me, me. It does make me wonder how big a fish is that guy. Like, uh, yeah. And I, I don't know. Uh, I have, I, I keep, 
whenever I'm watching uh, an action scene now, specifically involving traffic, because I kind of like that traffic fight, just the choreography <laughs> of it, the setup. Uh, I keep flashing back to Wait, I, the traffic keep, fight where they almost get run over and they get yeah yeah where they're they're playing yeah. in traffic. I mean they're literally playing in traffic. It's really, yeah, and they're, and they're like smiling the at each other and they're like yeah, flirting yeah, a little fun. bit. Yeah, yeah, because uh, <laughs> like I you know I you think of there's a traffic chase scene in one of the Captain America movies yeah. uh, where they're running and fighting in traffic and this is mm. kind of trying to do that uh, I think but. Whenever I see a scene where there is now a chase or a shootout or something on the road, I can't help but flash back. This this shot is, for whatever reason, it's got hooks in my mind now because it's such a weird shot. That bit in Triple Nine where you're seeing all the cars, the police rushing in one in one direction, and for whatever reason, John Hillcoat takes you out of the kinetic energy and the the music of the scene, and he puts you in someone else's car watching all the things going by in that bubble. Because when you're in a car, you're kind of in your own audio bubble. And, you, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, John Hillcoat, during this exciting scene where a bunch of people really have to get somewhere and they're driving through traffic, just briefly, it's almost like an interruption, here's what this looks like from inside someone else's car. Like if you were driving and you saw this, that one little shot in Triple Nine, uh, I keep flashing back on that now every time I see uh, a, a, an action scene involving traffic. Well, uh, I'm, I'm with you. That. I'm totally yeah. with you on that because it's like Muzak kind of music in that car, and it's right at the moment where Woody Harrelson is driving on the median, and yeah. it just flashes over to that other car. I'm totally with you on that. Because yeah. it's such a weird scene. Why would he do that? What was he trying to do? I don't know the answers to that, but man, that got its hooks in me. Uh, yeah. But the drivers in this are anonymous. But it, but they, but it, it they makes they're in an accident. It makes me think of like how distasteful that one Fast and Furious movie was, where the yeah. tank was running over all the yep. cars. <laughs> I um, watched that again. I still like it for that. Oh, it just <laughs> bothers me so much because it's just that like unspoken five, carnage. Um, I know, but that's that's the movie. That's what it is. And also, they don't start it. It's the bad guys starting it. They're trying to. They're trying to. Who starts it? It's just weird. It's just so, weird. I think the movies. worst one. The, the worst one of that is is in the last Die Hard movie where they're driving over all yeah. the traffic. Yeah, he's Die, Hard exists, Die Hard exists in a universe where bystanders can get hurt, where you know there's peril to innocent yeah. people. And I don't think Fast and Furious really even thinks about that or cares about. And it. He's supposed to be saved. That's the thing. In right, exactly. Time, he's trying to save hostages. Yeah. In the fifth, he's driving over the hostages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the one I find really disturbing. Really, the weird. one for me that's disturbing. The one where I feel like Dingus is in fucking Spectre when Bond shoots that helicopter pilot. Right. Above. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the crowded Mardi Gras and, that day of death. To, to and he instantly is losing the fight. Like I go, okay, he's going to shoot the pilot at least because he's going to grab the controls instantly. But no, he doesn't have any control over the, anything that's going on. In the hell yeah, why are you fighting the pilot at this point? Let him yeah. land and then fight him. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> that's where Spectre. That's where Spectre early on jumps the shark. Yeah, right yeah. on. Uh, I kind of felt that way here, but again, I don't think the movie wanted me to notice this. When they're playing with grenades in like a crowded when well, a nightclub or whatever that thing was, this crowded party, they're playing with that grenade bit. I'm like, dudes, don't you know? Do that. Shoot this scene in a room where you're alone, because uh, if one of those goes off, you're you're playing with these the lives of the people around you. But you know, the movie. I thought it was his nightclub, though. But it just no, it's it was it, it was outside, but it's it just gets so increasingly ridiculous that I think that was the point. And no one's seeing it. No one cares. Like right. a million people would be near that table going, hey, look, a bunch of bald guys with grenades. 
I guess Donnie had something. Hey, did you guys notice notice nuke this bitch from orbit? Well, is that is that an alien thing? Is it's it like gotta a, be? Yeah, it is. No, it is. Just to be sure, Michael Bean says it. Right, but nuke him from orbit is is got to be. Yeah, it's like an. It's it's line, a, that line's in this. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, you're right. Kelly saw it in German. Yeah. I saw it in German. I would have instantly. Gone, Do you remember what? who says it? Because that definitely stood out for my ears. I don't. I just remember writing it down and going, "You guys really said that." And the, this was, was I think, maybe I wasn't quite convinced that I was uh, going to like this movie yet. Um, but yeah, it's definitely there. Nuke this bitch yeah. from orbit. I mean, I mean, is it? But do they know? Is it self-referential? Like, gonna need well, it's vote? not enough of a direct quote to aliens, so it sounds to me like it's maybe it's three or four, three or four places culturally removed from people who quote right. aliens, and their children maybe hear them and they say it at school, and then that child grows up and, and writes the script. And <laughs> <screen> or <laughs> this movie is yeah. a game of telephone. <laughs> right, exactly. Or, yeah, <laughs> or he just saw aliens. Went, hey, that's a good line. I could use that. It's been thirty years. No one remembers it. So. Well, I, I really think that uh, a bar has been set for next week. Mm, very good. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I, you know, is Paul W is uh, Paul Anderson the WS one? Is he going to like this kind of playfulness and this ability to enjoy a really dopey movie? The Resident Evil movies have been uh, hit and miss with that. So let's find out what happens next week and check out Resident Evil: The Final Chapter. Uh, there will be no 3x3 three three this week because of some scheduling kerfluffle involving stuff where I wasn't sure I would be here. But anyway, 3x3s three three will resume next week, so you've got another week to get in your favorite uh, – Kelly Wan, just reiterate for the listeners, what's the 3x3 three three next week? How can they participate? Three best deathbeds. If you – if that's if... – <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Tom, do you remember the moment in this movie where Vin Diesel is at the party and he goes, Hey, can I get can I get a jacket when you get a chance? And and some random hottie's like, Yeah, I'll get you a jacket. Well, Dingus, that random hottie had a line before because he gave her the jacket. Oh, alright. He definitely, because I definitely noticed that. He gave her the jacket, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Mary Sue. He is so cool that when he walks into a club, the bartender's going to agree to hold his jacket. She happened to be walking by at that moment there, but I definitely oh, okay. noticed that. I thought it was just like a random uh, like person. Hey, can I get a jacket? Dingus, okay. I'm, okay, Dingus, I got a bone to pick with you. I, when you okay. and I went and saw La La Land, I almost did this to you. Uh, when we went to see La La Land, I almost snatched out of your hand your little diary because the way you took notes in movies – I think you sometimes miss little touches because you have to look down and see where you're right, writing. Right. Sometimes I look over and I'm like, Dad, Dingus isn't looking at something. So Dingus, stop. Do like I do. Just take a post-it note and write without having to look at where you're writing. Each note is a discrete thing. And then copy it into your diary because your, your goofy little diary is making you miss things. So I almost took that away from you in La La Land. I don't want you to miss anything. <laughs> So I'm just saying you missed a plot point in Triple X Return of Xander Cage about the bartender taking his jacket. All right. I don't think I missed anything in La La Land, which, by the way, got, I think, nominated for a couple of things. Uh, it tied with uh, all, all the movies that got the most nominations. It's up there with the Titanic and some other grandpa movie. Uh, I forget which. But, yeah, it's got, I think, like 14 nominations, and it deserves every one of them. Yeah, and I can't believe the number of movies that have not been nominated for Best Picture. I haven't seen – like five of them. I guess we're gonna have to watch Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> really? That's nominated for Best Picture? I'm happy and to Mel watch. Mel Gibson got a director nod. I mean, got a director nomination. Yeah. Mel Gibson is no longer uh, like toxic material in Hollywood, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I'm happy to watch Hidden Figures, but I do not want to see it. Hid- Hidden Figures is terrible. Oh, it is? Uh, Man, I, I went and saw it. I did a double feature and did not like it. You liked it till Damn you it. saw it. And then you went, here's well, what happened. Well, here's yeah, I, I really just think it's it's a little too. Here's my problem. It's a little too. It's a little too the help style heavy handed. And I yeah. I love the idea and I liked the actresses in it, but the the script is just too uh, not self righteous, but it's just, well, yeah, it's a little too pleased with itself and it's a little too progressive in terms of uh, how. I have said that. And yeah, yeah, and I understand that like it's a patriot. A, <laughs> What, uh, what about the Patriot? I like the Patriot a lot. The, the Patriot? No, you oh, oh, oh Patriot. I thought I, the Patriot Day. Sorry, sorry, Patriot Day. Yeah, yeah the Patriot, sorry. Um, but no, I, I I didn't care for Hidden Figures. I can understand why it's doing well. I love that it got made, but I just think it was a little too heavy-handed. I had the same works. problem with it as the help. So if the help works for you, Hidden Figures should be fine. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. At any rate, uh, so uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, back, to, back to Kelly's uh, topic. I apologize. Yeah, Kelly Wan. I'm sorry. You were in the middle of explaining how listeners who are thinking of important deathbeds in movies how they can contribute. Are you obsessed with deathbed scenes in movies? If you have three, <laughs> send them in to three x three at quarter to three dot com, and I will stammeringly misread them in on quote the air. So, a couple of quick postscripts. Uh, first of all, you don't have to have three, especially for certain topics that might be difficult. You don't need three. You can even have one. Second of all, uh, we especially welcome exhaustive plot breakdowns of anime. No, there's no – deathbeds aren't in anime. That's the thing. Those people live forever. <laughs> Kelly, I guess we'll find out next week, won't we? Yeah. Uh, people don't die in beds in anime. We'll find they go out. quick. So join us for that next week. We're going to see Resident Evil, the final chapter. Uh, the bar's been set. I, I look for it to be at least as good slash dumb slash enjoyable as Triple X Return of Xander Cage, if we're lucky. Uh, and then we'll do a three by three about our favorite deathbeds. Uh, and also to let you guys know, in February, we are going to be doing uh, what will now be an annual Make Us Watch Whatever You Want fun drive. Uh, fund, F-U-N-D, and fun, F-U-N. What if Goonies wins again, and then we have to watch it again? Should we institute a rule that... It can't be the same movie? Well, that it can't be a movie we've already done a podcast on. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's yeah, a good... Yeah. So I, I think if it... If we've done... Yeah, because if, if you want us to watch the Goonies, it already happened. We, we did a podcast. If you want us to watch uh, uh, that Belgian movie, The Sun, one of our biggest most popular podcast we've already seen it we did a podcast on it go listen to it if you want to troll us pick trolls right yeah well we love samana kendrick don't so. say that kelly oh wait you then you okay yeah sorry so just to let folks know that's coming in february so be thinking of if you could inflict on us or grace us with any movie what would it be and we'll uh be announcing in the coming weeks we'll give you plenty of time to send in picks for that uh, we'll keep a running tally of what movies are winning, uh, but that'll be uh, late February, so stay tuned for that. Join us for Resident Evil, the final chapter, and a 3 by 3 on Deathbeds next week. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Christian McCloskey. It's Christian Morosky. 
and Kelly Wand. Also, sofa beds are off the table. I see giant bees and I could have told you. Don't trust Alexander. He's older than Yoda. And I think to myself. But it's all in the past. We wipe the slate clean. We're going to find Nemo's submarine. (laughs) And you'll think to yourself, what a wonderful world. Uh, Nuke it from orbit. That's not sure. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept Apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! I guess that wasn't your choice to make. (laughs) (laughs) We all have our embarrassing moments. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Hmm. That's a good point. See what you're saying. <laughs>